Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit NFL.com slash schedule release to learn more. podcast starts now what's up glamour girls and um welcome to um another hit smash episode of stradia lab it's already trending it's oh my god are you seeing our numbers george are you seeing this whoa wait it's trending for bat they're saying that we said something offensive already that's yeah. amazing well we apologize um from the bottom of our hearts whatever we said if we made you feel bad you know we didn't mean to and that was never our intention yeah. george you, <laughs> george did you mean to make them feel bad and mean for us to trend well in a negative i always way? like doming our listeners i don't want them to get too comfortable you know, not to be a gay podcast, but sure. coming from a bottom such as yourself, that <gasps> um, is honestly very surprising. Wow. Now we're like now we're literally being um, uh, what, you know, like hosting a drag race after show. I know. That's I know. The vibe of, of, uh, yeah, as a bottom, I don't I'm not used to this. I know. And uh, here's the thing. I you can't not when you feel that energy fighting it is almost worse, because if you yeah. fight that energy, you come off as like sort of sad internalized homophobia yeah um and it's it's you have to work through it not avoid it is how what i is, feel i mean that i think that's one of the tragedy it's like every uh everyone in our demographic i would say is at any given time hosting a drag race after <laughs> show on a digital platform and the the the, the like difficulty the artistic challenge 
is in somehow finding a way to quit that contract. It's a it's an emotional battle, but it's also a legal battle. It's a legal battle because we are all <laughs> we are all actually employed by World of Wonder. <laughs> How do you yeah. do that though? It, it's tough. Sometimes I feel like my tone is such that I that people can tell that I am ironically hosting a World of Wonder after show for RuPaul's Drag Race. But then of course the danger is what if they think I'm being earnest and in fact hosting a a World of Wonder after show for RuPaul's Drag Race. Well, the crazy thing is my tone is such that the irony isn't as palpable. And so when I sort of bring in that tone, it just right. reads very sincere and it reads like, yeah, like I just am. It, there's no layers to it. It's just like, is it a toot or is it a boot? You know That's what I mean? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, there's almost something. I do think your tone doesn't have the contempt that mine does on a daily basis. Yeah. And that, you know, has its ups and downs, but sometimes I'm jealous of the contempt because it is, it's clear, your intent is very clear. My intent is clear, but then what I will say about my tone of contempt is that sometimes I will be fully just doing a wedding speech, for instance, and it does sound like I want my friend's marriage to fail. That's a great point. I think maybe the context I'm thinking of this tone in, I forget that you can't take it off. You, yeah. you bring this tone to the grocery store, it's you bring curse. this tone to you know, the bedroom. I, That's right. I well, it's, you know, the, the two you can, there's a spectrum where on one end you're hosting a world of wonder after show for RuPaul's drag race on a digital platform. And on the other end, you are kind of a very offensively written Mario Cantone esque character on sex in the city dripping with contempt. <laughs> yeah. And I think I'm more Mario and you're more drag race after show. Totally. Um, and the grass is always greener. I'm That's right. You saying that, I'm like, well, no fair. I want to be Mario Cantone, but I mean, I'm not. I guess in some sense, but imagine uh, just being filled with self-hatred at any given time. That is. That's true. You know, a, a, a kind of a requirement of your employment. Do you know what I'm realizing? <laughs> Mario Cantone is such a North Star for me. I, I feel like I mentioned him like every three episodes. Um, why noticed? do you think that is? I, I have noticed. I do think it's because, and I'm now doing auto therapy, which is free. I, I. <laughs> He is one of the first gay men I saw on television, mm. I think, like through Sex in the City. Sure. Uh, that makes sense. I saw sense. that before I saw like Queer as Folk or, you know. I, I mean, not to be, again, not to be the most basic person on earth, but no, I do feel it. like we're literally being like, who is the first gay person you saw on TV? Like, this is like an actually we've like upped the basic from like hosting a, a, a drag race. <laughs> Thing. You know what's crazy is now instead of hosting a drag race <laughs> recap podcast for Earwolf, we are hosting a an interview show. We're hosting homophilia. Oh my god! Which nothing but respect. Nothing to but the team respect. Over there. I would die for both of those hosts, and it would be an <laughs> honor to be included in their roster of guests. But that being said, you know if we're talking about like, am I literally about to say on our own sort of dripping and irony podcast That's that right. the first gay person I probably saw on TV was Will of Will and Grace. Is that true? I feel like probably. Wow, you should consider yourself lucky because that television show really changed the game. <laughs> I guess I'm trying to, because Sex and the City, I didn't watch until like high school. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. Because you were afraid of sex. Well, it was illegal in, in where I'm from. Well, you grew up in the South and Midwest. <laughs> yeah. Sex didn't happen unless no. it was procreative. That's right. And even uh, then barely. Okay, that's interesting. So you kind of off the gate were like neoliberal. 
Yeah, neoliberal, even um, for me, it was, uh, I think the, the impression I got from Will and Grace was that gay people were sort of a lawyers, lawyers, they were definitely asexual, and they were, um, they kind of had it all together. Yeah. And yours but, was their toxic, disgusting, toxic, disgusting, <laughs> and, um, um, and, and, and cruel to women. Sure. Well, Honestly, I think yours is more accurate. Like, like meant, I would say the, I don't remember the specifics of Mario Cantona's Sex and City. What I'm picturing is Charlotte walks into a scene and then he slaps her across the face and calls her an ugly whore. No, I think that's, I mean, that's maybe one degree higher than what was actually in the script, but I yeah. think that's like mostly it. Well, it's, it's like, interesting. The, yeah. Well, the <laughs> script actually had him be physically abusive and he thought this is such a bad representation of gay men that I'm going to attempt at least to to not go full on and, and just be offensive verbally. But in the script, I mean, it was really, really dark. I mean, he, he <laughs> I mean, those quit. scripts, when you read the scripts, like it's so crazy that the amount of physical violence that is in the action it's, lines. It's actually like really, it's its like grossly misogynist. Like it's, there was so much violence against women in those early scripts because they were, again, I'm sorry, but they were written by gay men and not to get on my high horse, but like oh, please. people don't realize that Sex in the City was a deeply misogynist text written by gay men's rights activists yep. that wanted to humiliate women on television. And this was yeah. sanctioned by HBO. <laughs> and and originally there were all of these gay male characters that were all <laughs> that were all really, really toxic to the women. And yeah, because yeah. it had to go through all these rewrites, it ended up being just two. It was Mario Cantone and then uh, yeah, I mean if you read those Stanford early scripts, Blatch. Stanford. If you read those early scripts, which everyone, if you're listening to this, re- fi- find those early scripts and read them. Each girl had their own gay guy <laughs> that would follow them around and sort of both verbally and physically assault them. <laughs> sort of a, um, a familiar, if you will. And they were all played. They were all played by like big actors at the time. One of them was Richard Gere, and this was going to be like his foray into television. But, you know, luckily they they tested this um... <laughs> one of the in fact, Carrie's was Chris Noth. It was going to be big. But then they were like trying to make it make sense for a straight audience. So they were like, th- this was a big controversy at the time. Yeah. They were like, we're going to make big into um, a straight guy. And Carrie yeah. is going to it's going to be her love interest. And that's the moment they made big into a straight guy from a gay guy is when Sarah Schulman decided to join ACT UP. <laughs> Which leads us to where we are today. Um, <laughs> anyway. Wow. Wow. We went from <laughs> we went from a RuPaul's Drag Race recap show to a coming out of who was your first queer TV characters to just a queer history podcast. Right. Yeah, now we're now we're doing fully um you know, we're doing like everything you've learned in school is wrong. And yes. here's why queer people, here's who threw the first brick at Stonewall. That's right. It was, <laughs> excuse me. Um, I'm like, it what was is this Rosie O'Donnell. Or I, I couldn't stick that landing. I'm sorry. I, I no. was like, what? I was like, who's, who would be a funny, funny figure. But, and I, and I couldn't think of anything. Well, to be fair, I'm I'm not going to chalk it up to your brain going wrong. I'm going to chalk Thank it up you. to the physical um, choking on your own spit because that obviously would throw anyone off their game. And the pressures of that joke. Can I admit they something? got to you? Yeah, it, this is you're going to be 
shocked by this. I didn't actually choke out of my spit. I just couldn't think of something. So I made that sound. <laughs> that I was couldn't acting? Think I could, it was literally acting. I couldn't think of a person. I was like, I have to do something. So I'm going to pretend I'm choking. I can't believe you would lie to me like that. But I can't. But that's I mean, my that's my Mario Cantone coming out. <laughs> the dishonesty. The I, dishonesty jumped out, hunty. And we're back to RuPaul. It's it's a toot for me. Um, and it's a boot for me. <laughs> um, now our next guest was just eliminated. <laughs> was just eliminated yeah, for calling when, RuPaul a stupid cunt on live television. <laughs> refusing and refusing to do she just came out in her normal street clothes as a as a kind of um what's it called a rebellion against the 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 terms of the show she was like you know normally they have people come on the show and they have to bring 15 conservatively suitcases full of glitter bras etc and she said you know what i'm i'm just um a normal girl Mm -hmm. in the city um, you know, I work as an accountant <laughs> and I'm here to represent that some people are just normal. <laughs> and so she came out wearing kind of like a Ann Taylor Loft-esque pantsuit for the um, ball challenge. For the ball. Yeah. The and same then... as she wore the same pantsuit for each round <laughs> of the ball challenge. <laughs> <laughs> three separate times in the same pantsuit and it honestly i'm sorry but like it wasn't even that great of a no it it was ill-fitting like it was kind of like a boring shade of gray it wasn't like very sophisticated no offense macy i'm sorry we'll bring you in in a second but like (laughs) i've seen you in better outfits like that just was not your best yeah and even as a rebellion sort of the message was unclear (laughs) it was lost on me and like i really wanted to root for you but anyway, I, but we should break her out, though, because I do I don't want to just, you know, I want her to be able to defend herself. <laughs> so please welcome um, truly. And I just to be earnest for a single second, one of my favorites, someone I, I have such um, respect for Macy Rodman. Hi, <laughs> Macy, what was the show like for you? Um, so as you know, on um, Drag Race, I was uh, known as Sack of Potatoes. <laughs> And um, that look was really important to me because um, I just, you know, it's the, I wanted to peg the patriarchy. (laughs) And that was the easiest way to do it. And it was the first (laughs) live episode of Drag Race. I don't know. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. They decided to do a live coast to coast episode uh-huh. on um at 30 rock uh, <laughs> and it was written by tina fey whoa and um and uh re- she actually replaced michelle visage and so it was just like a very hostile environment uh-huh. and so while it may seem like I, it took a lot of courage to do what i did it was kind of the only option sure because it was in the script so it was in the script <laughs> Oh, it's exactly. so interesting. So, Macy, you kind of you went there with the intention of actually being the glam queen. Um, no, wanting... no, I just brought a lot of the pantsuit. Oh, okay, okay. Because you do have to bring fifteen suitcases, but I brought just a bunch of the, that one pantsuit. Oh, got it. <laughs> yeah. And did you get to work with and Tina? some t-shirts? Oh, okay. Tina, um, 
Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you don't want to talk about it. We have a new, we have a new <laughs> show coming up. Uh, oh, oh, wow, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's called Uncle Bob. Oh, and I play Uncle Bob. Wow, oh, that's an interesting choice. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Tina Fey plays a trans woman. <laughs> um, oh my gosh! And Jane Krakowski <laughs> um, is a ghost. <laughs> Okay. Okay. And, yeah. and and walk me through. So your Uncle Bob. Okay. And then there is a, a a trans woman played by Tina Fey and a ghost played by Jane Krakowski. And to me, that screams like broad workplace comedy. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Set in an office. Okay. Set oh. in like a the wing style office. Um, oh yeah. The West Wing. <laughs> No, the wing. Alina. Oh, the wing. Like, oh, boss. oh, I see. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. like the women's yeah. co-working space. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So but we um, are all competing to be president on a game show. And just to <laughs> clarify, like Uncle Bob is is a, a male identified member of the wing in the show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, it's kind of like a Pat character. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> So you don't really know. And that's kind of what's funny about it. And the punchline's yeah. always on them. Like, it's like <laughs> Uncle Bob is, like, consistently humiliated. Yeah, like, one, I, one of the jokes is, like, <laughs> Tina Fey goes, what is it, a he or a she? <laughs> and the audience laughs. Oh, I love that. That sounds so, so necessary for right now's climate. I think that'll yeah. really be helpful. It's really cool. I'm so excited. <laughs> what do you think it's about in TikTok. terms of the the um you know the debate around queer representation? What do you think about Tina Fey taking on this role? I think it's cool. <laughs> um it's uh I mean it brings to mind um like a Moldavar um yeah. and uh uh, Fastbender. Um, oh, sure, sure. Some of the greats. I would put her in the le- in a league uh, with with those. I'm getting Chantal Ackerman vibes. Mm. Is that a real person? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. That name sounded really uh, and you know when yeah. we're <laughs> Chantal Ackerman. Wait, is it a real person? No, yes. I don't know. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, Sam. It's Basically, uh, saying it like it's not a real person. It's very Sam to know sack of potatoes, but not Chantal Ackerman. <laughs> okay, now I'm really yeah. lost. <laughs> um, well, Macy, I mean that's really cool for you. <laughs> I, I have to say, like it's it, it's really exciting. Um, it's just like it, it's exciting to know someone who's going to be a main cast member on a Tina Fey show. She's a real north star for us, and we, you know, um, really approve of every decision she's ever made. Same. Yeah, <laughs> really, really same. Um, it's just been an honor to work with her and Rue. Um, oh, he's involved. Zane. She's involved. Rue is involved. <laughs> yeah, Rue Rue plays Aunt Lydia. Oh. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And she's um, she's like uh, the, the Mrs. Roper to Uncle Bob. Oh. And Rue's just kind of like this sack of shit <laughs> and everyone's like ah! and wow. i just and i make a fart noise and i'm just oh. like 
<laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, you can't, people can't see Macy, but she just kind of mimicked the, the kind of imagine someone wearing a uh, overalls and like. Oh, I, I should, I should clarify my costume in the show is a barrel with uh, suspenders. <laughs> Oh, it's a barrel with suspenders. I'm Got so it. glad. Yeah, I'm very poor. Oh, and that's and that's a big part of the joke, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's really funny. <sighs> I mean, I'm like, how do we drop this bit now? Like, how oh, do we literally have on? to drop the bit? We literally have to drop the bit, and I'm like, really trying to like tastefully. Um, hop I'm sorry, out of it. Sam. Did I take it too far? No, <laughs> I don't think you took it too far at all. Okay. Um, I think I think. You know, Macy, we talk about the podcast while we make the podcast. A big part uh, of this podcast is talking about it while we make it. So this is this oh. is what we're about to do is like by design. <laughs> oh, like ed- like editing notes and stuff. Exactly. Um, yeah. And then yeah, we leave except, them all in. Yeah, we leave them <laughs> oh, all in. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah, we never edit a single word out. Um, yeah, it's not it's not a good podcast. So Sam, no, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, I, you know, I love that our podcast has the ability to sort of follow a bit really far. That's right. And but at the end it, of the day, we love RuPaul and like we would not ever want to say anything to offend him. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> Some of us currently are employed, you guys. I know. That's the thing. I'm sorry, Macy. <laughs> Sam is literally currently employed by World of Wonder. Wait, really? What do you do? <laughs> I can't tell you right now. Oh. <laughs> Not on a podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I literally, I know that I'm the one who started this and I did temporarily forget that that was the case. And then maybe. <laughs> I mean, I don't, do we, I mean, should we? No, it's totally fine. It's totally this? fine. Okay. Sam, what do you uh, think? That That is such a, that is like one of the biggest um, problems with the current media landscape is yeah. that like, <laughs> you want to be, you want to have like a unique take you want to like connect with people and these things that kind of annoy all of us. That's right. Um, but but then you can't because you want to get hired by those people. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. You need to pay rent and be Don't able to buy I coffee tables. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> wow. Macy, you know what I think we should do, Sam? I think we should go right into our first segment. I think we should go into our first segment because it's uh, we're at a great turning point. And yes. I think the best way to move forward is by moving forward. The only um, way up is... The best in. way... The only way forward is it's through. through. It's through. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I'm cleaning my. I I you I uh, am a habitual dust off user. <laughs> um. <laughs> Wait. What are you doing? What are, are you, you doing it on your face? Uh, Wait. What is it? Dust off. Oh, it's like just. It's like air. air. Yeah, air in a can. Oh, wow. I'm not getting high, though. No, so no you're just using it to cool off. It's seltzer yeah. without the water. Yes, Sam. It's <laughs> exactly. <air. laughs> exactly. It's hairspray without the glue. Every time Sam leaves his apartment, he's like, wait, this atmosphere is like seltzer without the water. No, no, no. You're missing the can element. The fact that it was in a can really oh, right, sold seltzer is, for me. The can is huge. The can um, is uh, uh, iconic and a game changer. Can, and no wait. one is doing it like her, me about the can. This okay. is a topic I want to talk about before we go into our first segment. And okay, I think please. everyone can say something. This is a new segment. <sighs> How do we feel about like it's giving? Hmm. Well, it's giving. <laughs> <laughs> I feel um, like it's, it's a phrase that like started over. Like it like began and the moment it began, it was like, ironic already and was like right made- but it's giving has been around for, i mean not to be queer history 101 here 
But it's giving has been around for decades. Well, sure, everything um, has. Reread but... those Oscar Wilde books, honey, um, <laughs> because I think that you'll find. <laughs> Have you read yeah. that Oscar Wilde play, It's Giving Earnest? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's giving when when there's a damn Sean Mendes saying it's giving share. Like, it's giving. He said that? Wolf. You Mrs. didn't see Galloway that? is giving. I didn't see that. <laughs> Oh, um, yeah. Oh, 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 my God. This is the biggest proof that Sean Mendez is not gay. Yeah. Is that he yeah. took a look at Camila Cabello in that outfit and said, it's giving share. <laughs> it <laughs> Absolutely was not. Yeah, it's that giving, is true. It's funny that what he said Maguire, was it's giving. Possibly. <laughs> yeah, it's him giving, saying it's like, giving share the limited proves Yeah, it's giving prom, mostly. It's giving Halloween store share, possibly. <laughs> but it's not giving share. It's not giving share. <laughs> that is a lack of attention to detail that I, I would be sad if a faggot possessed. <laughs> okay, someone's about to be on the judges panel. <laughs> wow, Macy. Macy's uh, Drag Race podcast, Drag Race Recap <laughs> podcast is coming out next week, actually. She's on here promoting it. <laughs> um, okay, now we can do our first segment, I feel. Now I feel okay. like we're really in it. George, yes. will you describe what it is? Yes. Uh, You're yes. so good at it. <laughs> yes, queen. Work um, our first segment, segmentiana, our first segmentiana is <laughs> that um, it's called Straight Shooters. And in this segment, we gauge our guests' familiarity with and complicity in straight culture by asking them a series of rapid fire questions in which they just, we throw two or more things at them and they just have to choose which one speaks to them more and it's things that have some kind of association with straight culture but the one rule is you can't ask any follow-up questions about how the game works otherwise we will yell at you yes sam (laughs) you should go first okay um macy topical references or topical creams topical references macy waiting for godot or finding nemo godot Macy, the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, or the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit? Father, son, Holy Spirit. Fashion diplomacy or endless war? (laughs) Endless war. (laughs) Um, Okay, um, Tamagotchi or Waxahachi? Tamagotchi? Being unvaccinated or being unbothered by the haters? <laughs> uh, unbothered by the haters. Um, being red-pilled, being blue-pilled, being black-pilled, or being on Zoloft? <gasps> <laughs> um, Zoloft. I, Zoloft. Yeah. Wait, that's so crazy, Sam. My next one is taking your meds or wearing your keds. Oh my God. Meds, meds. Wow. Wow. Um, Macy, I think you did incredibly well. I could feel the thinking. It felt like you were really uh, savoring each option and sort of flipping them over in your mind. You also like, I I think- The Zoloft one threw me off because I'm a um, Wellbutrin girl. Mm. Huh. 
So your brand so, loyalty got in the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you had to you had what to color? zoom out and look at the big picture and say, you know, exactly. I'll, I'll use the Zoloft as a stand in. Yes. The Zoloft <laughs> and the Wellbutrin girls have to stick together. Exactly. <laughs> and they have to unionize against Big Pharma. Yes. Yeah. Uh, period. Period. <laughs> 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 um, Macy, before you begin, I want to bring up a very sensitive topic for me, which is that, as I mentioned to you before the show started, my mm-hmm. significant other and I got into a fight about the meaning of the lyrics of one of your songs. Okay. And so the song is called Rock and Roll Gay Guy. And in oh, my yeah. mind, in my, and we were basically trying to define what a rock and roll gay guy is. And in my mm-hmm. mind, I was like, this is someone who just like always knows where the party is, is just like kind of an ethereal figure. You know, it has like a, an almost post, post-sexual orientation eroticism about him is just like, is rock and roll in the, in the metaphorical sense. And then my close-minded lover was saying, no, it's someone who is rock and roll explicitly, like someone who's wearing a rock and roll outfit and who is a rocker. Oh. It is a gay guy who is a rocker. Yeah, like dress like kids. (laughs) And then I was like, no, you're wrong. And then he said that um, the fact that we're debating this means it's not clearly defined enough in the song itself. Oh, wow. Wow. Really turning it around on me. And so I want to kind of turn this back to you and hear your official response. Um. I, I, well, I love that your boyfriend is demanding uh, accountability. <laughs> yeah, that's so important. That's incredible. We I need to demand re- our artists. <laughs> I'll put out a remake in their message. <laughs> and queer artists specifically should be held to a higher standard in terms of accountability. <laughs> I'm going to get uh, Arca and Nikita Dragon to do a Dawn of Chromatica style remix of it. Explain. Honey, don't tempt me. Yes, Ooh. get Troy Savan in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but you're right. I I knew it. It's metaphorical rock and roll. It's like, uh, woo woo. You yeah. know, just kind of like not it, rock and roll, meaning not traditionally yeah. uh, behaving as a a gay guy would. Right. <laughs> what do you think in terms of um, <clears throat> uh, in, in terms of like, fa- and this can kind of transition into our topic in terms of famous gay guys like. Who would you say is a rock and roll gay guy? Um, Dennis Rodman. Yeah. Uh, um, um, like famous. Okay, famous gay guys. Um, I mean, they can be like semi-famous. They can be, you know, <laughs> podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with like sort of niche, but um, but their followings. Sean Mendez. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to think of anyone. ASAP Rocky. Yeah, ASAP Rocky is a rock and roll gay guy. Is he gay? Um, <laughs> no, he's dating Rihanna. Oh. Yeah. Maybe open your mind. Like, <laughs> it's tough to find like a kind of um, mainstream equivalent. Right. Sure. Because I don't know if it super exists, but like the kind of aesthetic definitely does. Um, You know who I think maybe a a good place to look is like fashion designers. Like I'm trying to think of 
Isaac Mizrahi. Like, would Rick. you say like literally like in his prime? Rick Owens, maybe? Yeah, like Rick Owens. Sure. Or like even in his prime, Mark Jacobs. Like Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. It's not uh I mean I um I I really need everyone to find those scripts of the Sex and the City episodes where they're just being <laughs> they're being stoned to death by their yeah. gay friends. Yeah, that's right. um, but uh, yeah, any any uh, uh, gay guy who uh, loves women, I guess. Right. Yeah, I love. Yeah, that. it's the anti Mario Cantone. It's like sure. Yeah. 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 That. that- <laughs> clicks for me well and- yeah because i mean in my song there is a, a element of eroticism or uh sexual activity um but it doesn't have to be you know yeah well you know just to sort of give a counter story to george's story i just want to say you know i did shrooms upstate recently with my lover and we're both very open-minded and we listened to the album on shrooms and oh you were guiding us i must say oh, great. <laughs> I thought it you were going to say, and we fucked a woman. <laughs> yeah, we found a random upstate lady, and we brought her back, and we ate her out. That wow, would be that's really progressive, Sam. <laughs> 85-year-old woman. <laughs> she owns a diner. She's nothing more owner. progressive than as a gay couple going upstate and finding like a local pre-gentrification upstate woman named Carla and bringing her back and absolutely rocking her world. The, I mean, the elitism of our, of this, we, of, of our, um, like view of upstate women is really quite cruel. I, mean, I didn't, I don't think I'm elitist at all. I, if anything, I, I, I look up to her and I'm, I'm jealous that you got to eat her out. And what's more rock than that, man? Yeah. What's more rock and roll than that? What's more rock and roll than eating somebody out? Um, Honestly, that's kind of true. T, tell me that. Tell, give me the answer. I'd like to know. What is more rock and roll than eating someone? Out? Call in. Yeah, yeah, please. If you're and listening, we mean eating out, like no matter what the whole, like just eating out any kind of hole. Yeah, we do. Okay, it can't be. The, it can't be a mouth. Head. It cannot yeah. be a mouth because that's just kissing. You could be eating out the the um, urethra of a no, penis. Macy. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I draw the line, Macy. <laughs> No, you, you can eat out, you can eat out a urethra. You can, I mean, in some cultures, it's that, that's it's the most intimate thing you can do. It sounds oh, painful. It's painful. But no, we can't go down like we a sounding can't talk path. about. I don't want to go down. A we can't talk path. about private parts. I get uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> say, uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> say that. Say um, that. It's giving. It's giving. <laughs> <laughs> every time I'm <laughs> one of the most rock and roll things you can do is eat out someone and then take a break and go this is giving <laughs> no specifically this is giving share <laughs> this is giving share <laughs> yeah honestly <laughs> whatever I was just eating is giving share <laughs> um, so in, in terms of the polar opposite of a rock and roll gay guy our topic today is Macy um, I, I want you to introduce okay um, so uh, I was tasked with finding something that has to do with straight culture. And I was um, trying to figure out what that would be for a while. And I decided on Neil Patrick Harris. Um, <laughs> because to me, he like, he is like the most 
straight thing in our culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that that might be a confusing concept because he is famously a gay guy. Right. Um, kind of a jazz and piano gay guy, not a rock and roll gay guy. So um, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, um, I have some notes for why I think. Oh, this. wow. Oh, my God. She, she came prepared. prepared. Yeah. Um, I could not find proof of this, but I remember it happening. <laughs> okay. So you're spreading um, disinformation on our podcast. Very well, <laughs> um, on brand. I, I very specifically remember on Twitter that there it was like, I think it was a Met Gala, but somebody was like gagging for Charlize Theron or whoever. Sure. And, um, and Neil Patrick Harris retweeted it and said, really? You're gagging? Why do you think she's so disgusting? <gasps> and, like didn't know what gagging was. Wow. And then like a year later, used the word gagging when describing Lady Gaga's uh, Super Bowl performance. Okay. That is super straight to me. Yeah, so he learned the term gagging well into his late 30s. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's clearly like he watched Drag Race that year. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Also, it's like, that is like, you can kind of decipher what that, it's not like someone's retching at an outfit, you know, like, right. you can kind of like, you know it's like oh that's bad oh that's that looks bad that looks sick you know that (laughs) you know it's like there's a long history of like saying the opposite and you know anyway um (laughs) so you're saying not only is he straight he's stupid (laughs) (laughs) well he just doesn't have critical thinking skills um bad in hedwig yeah I don't really have an explanation for that. Do you know I who I saw as Hedwig? Who? Tay Diggs. Was he good? Oh. He was he was giving it his all. He was giving. He was, he was giving. giving. <laughs> I, okay, I, cool. I, I Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I'm sure he was better than Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched a video of it and the whole time I was grimacing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the famously well cast Gone Girl, mm-hmm. he, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite movies, he Same. played a demonic straight guy. Yeah, so, he gets cast as a demonic straight guy quite a bit. I would say he well, also did that in Harold and Kumar, and okay, in yeah. kind of in How I Met Your Mother. I mean, well, less, I you know, more comedically seen, demonic. I've never seen How I Met Your Mother, and I did when I was doing my research today. I saw that he's like a womanizing man named barney yeah and on the wikipedia they list his catchphrases from that show (laughs) and they are suit up what's up (laughs) maybe he Um, said it funny (laughs) what what's up (laughs) yeah Um, oh my god you're doing a perfect impression (laughs) stinson out uh that sounds like a catchphrase (laughs) legendary uh, which sounds kind of gay, but yeah. Um, wait for it, mm-hmm. and then it says in parentheses, often combining the two as legend. Wait for it, dairy. Um, <laughs> and then the other, the the last two are daddy's home and challenge accepted. Let's wow. um, Macy. Let's rank those from gay to straight. <laughs> okay, I think the gayest is legendary. You sure. think that's gayer than daddy's home? 
Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll go legendary and then daddy's home. And then legend, wait for it, dairy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then Stinson out. Sure. And then wait for it. And then (laughs) (laughs) what's up? (laughs) (laughs) And then suit up and then challenge accepted. Yeah, challenge accepted is definitely the straightest. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, why? Okay. I think we should pause and discuss the, him being cast as like shitty straight guys constantly. Yeah. And like, what, what does that mean for him as an actor? And talk about your experience with Gone Girl. Like, I want to know it's one of your favorite movies. I agree that it's a great movie. Like, how do you think he does in that role? I thought he was perfectly cast in that role. Agree. And he's absolutely despicable. Um, uh, I, I mean, I feel like you are meant to be happy when he gets uh, murdered with a scalpel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that was successful. That's right. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, uh, so Gone Girl is is really great because it's um, uh, big return of the unreliable narrator, big return of the kind of erotic thriller, um, big, uh, uh, big, huge um, return for Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. It's also um, all stunt casting, which I appreciate. Everyone is cast in a self-aware, <laughs> stupid, like not stupid, sorry, like self-aware, like winking way. Tyler Perry, Steve Tyler Ward. Perry, Ben Affleck, and Neil Patrick Harris are all like perfectly, Everybody. perfectly wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so good. So good. Yeah. Gone Girl is perfect. And I love that it's like eight hours long. Yes. Like it's so good. Um, I, yeah. He like, I, there's something about like him wanting like to prove that he can play like a shitty straight guy. That's like very like, he's like, well, I'm gay, but I like, I can do it. Like, let me in. Yeah. yeah. You know yeah. what is crazy? He played a, he played a gay guy in it's a sin. Did you ever watch that? I didn't watch I didn't that. Watch it. Hey, it was like it was very jarring. Like there was something very um it almost felt more offensive than a straight person playing that role because it felt like it you could tell there was so much on the line for him and he wanted to do such yeah. a good job of playing a gay guy and that made it feel so inauthentic. And it's right. like I don't want to give anything away but like there's I mean it's a sin is all about um uh, the AIDS crisis and it's like it's very much like he was trying to give angels in America got it and instead he gave um, legend wait for it dairy <laughs> <laughs> so he didn't quite hit the legendary he didn't top quite queer hit. catchphrase he didn't quite hit that suit up it wasn't daddy. It was more hey, suit, suit up, up than daddy's home. <laughs> yeah. The uh, for me thinking about Neil Patrick Harris also is like he was like for mothers everywhere like the mascot dream gay man. Like That's right. It's like yeah. the photo shoot with the husband and the kids in People magazine and it's like oh so now when your son comes out it's like not a huge deal because look. Right? Yeah. Like, like 
I mean, listen. Which is helpful he was, in some senses. He was a child star. He's like, I'm sure, like, very fucked up by Hollywood. He, he I'm sh- he was outed by Perez Hilton. Which oh, God. Really? Awful. Yeah. Um, well, and so I'm, I'm not trying to, like, you know... Uh, well, I I don't personally like him, but like I I kind of you know, I uh, I understand the kind of like cruel Emma Stone as Cruella like backstory <laughs> that he has. Wow. You know, whoa! That, Disney like, Plus the, make the that. Jokerification of Neil Patrick Harris. Like I get. Wait, it's very true. He That's here. Is genius. The That's genius. <laughs> That's the ge- most genius thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Like, there's definitely a, a Joker backstory. That's right. Him. But that doesn't change the fact that he's now the Joker. Exactly. You know? <laughs> like, you can't, like, you can relate to the Joker on some level. And, like, yes, yeah. I think, you know, Joaquin Phoenix would be incredible in a production of Neil Patrick Harris's biography. But <laughs> that does, that won't make me um, like him anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, oh, he also got in a fight with Patty Lapone. About what? Uh, <laughs> apparently, they were in a production of Company together, and um, where is it? Um, like, what is this? An early oh, he script showed for up Sex unprepared. <laughs> he showed up unprepared. <laughs> he showed up unprepared to rehearse with Patty Lapone. Did he play and... Bobby? I don't know. Whoa, I don't know who they who he played. Um. But uh, apparently, so he was stumbled through a scene and she told two of the other actors, you guys are unbelievably funny. And then she turns to Harris and treated him to her frostiest glare. You're getting there, she allegedly told him, <laughs> sauntering away meaningfully. Um, this is from NikkiSwift.com. Um, Harris allegedly lost it and stewed in silent turmoil for a solid half hour. When Lupone finally asked Harris what ailed him so, he lashed out at her. I'm failing at this at every turn and you're telling everyone else they're awesome and you're saying I'll get there. It's not helpful. It's not funny. Well, Lapone wasn't going to let him get away with that particular hissy. Oh no, this is on you. She allegedly snapped back. Don't put this on me. This is your thing. You. And then apparently Neil Patrick Harris said um, that she gave him a colorful variety of Anglo-Saxon words. Does that mean like she cussed him out or something? I guess. But what the fuck? Who says that? Can I say something? That is I'm. this is what I would say is mean. But that's like when it's like when you're learning how to be gay, you're like, oh, I'm supposed to have witticisms. And like that, it's like yeah. a colorful a colorful assortment of Anglo-Saxon words. Sounds like, <laughs> sounds like a line out of It's Giving Earnest by Oscar Wilde. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean, that that just, um, that's another strike against him in my book is anyone who fights with Patti Lapone. Wow. I mean, now I, I'm like, I'm like, he, as we can tell from his involvement in It's a Sin, he wants so hard to be a, a gay icon of some sort. And mm. then every day he wakes up yelled at by Patti Lapone, <laughs> misunderstanding gay slang at the Met Gala. Um, you know, it's honestly very dark that he comes most alive when he plays a straight creep. Yeah. It's, yeah. you can feel like, 
it's also like when he like gay culture queer culture changed under his feet like he he was so far away from it and then it like he was kind of like a symbol of like well look i can be normal and then it was like well what if normal is bad now and he was like no (laughs) (laughs) yeah it it um he's in like a similar position to like chaz bono i think Mm. where it was like like Chaz just wanted to be like normal guy so hard that it was just like you're like you just look like kind of a boring like asshole in the documentary <laughs> you know yeah um, yeah Chaz and... Bono though to me maybe this is a personal thing but like to me he has maintained an underdog status that makes me still root for him even in in like an abstract sentence I don't know a lot about him but I'm like He's trying so hard, whereas Neil Patrick Harris now is the man. Right, right. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. Yeah. Fascinating. We've talked about, like, que- the Queer Eye guys on this um, pod before, and uh-huh. I'm feeling this is um somewhat similar in a way where I, like... <laughs> I feel um, bad for him a little. Like, I almost am like, oh, like you were trying to be good. You were helpful for a second. And now it's like taken in by the Joker origin story. I'm unfortunately the Joker origin story has sucked me all the way in and I'm feeling bad for the Joker. Yeah. Sam really, when he saw the Joker, he related to him. (laughs) Yeah. To snap you out of that, I I watched um, his 73 (laughs) questions video. Oh, Oh, wow. Okay, and I'll just do a little rapid fire. Um, so it opens up to uh, credits rolling of a Shirley Temple movie on a um, projector. And Neil says, hey, the Empire Strikes Back. Nice flick. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, describes desired home aesthetic as adventurer's club with a genius bar inside. Oh, my uh, God. The thing seen on a subway is a guy with a needle in his arm. What? Um, <laughs> uh, one person he's dying to work with is J.J. Abrams. <laughs> oh my god! When asked which character he most identified identified with, he sarcastically says Hedwig. <laughs> Not me. Um, As in, literally, how could I ever? <laughs> exactly. Oh, um, when asked, what do you think is funny that no one else does he giggles uncomfortably and says <laughs> people slipping and falling on ice <laughs> um <laughs> hardest part about being a dad sleep deprivation get over it yeah relatable um, vibes <laughs> <laughs> he has a banksy oh um, that that's such a red flag for celebrities yeah huge red flag biggest fear public humiliation very straight kink yeah, but also, uh, you know, um, <laughs> mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where do you see yourself in 10 years directing Star Wars episode 47? Oh, so he's trying to be funny again? Or he earnestly wants to direct Star Wars. It sounds like well, he wants to I mean, he loves J.J. Abrams. Abrams. Okay, um, this... <laughs> fashion icon Tom Ford... Kill me. Last show he binged was Stranger Things and song you know every word to, I am not throwing away my shot from Hamilton. Uh, I actually am in physical pain. 
this again i think your goal was to make me hate him and i feel so sad i see a man crying out for help like begging for someone to like challenge him he he buys the banksy and then he stares at it trying to feel something that was like the darkest portrait of a person i've ever heard yeah jj abrams jj anyone any mystery this is fantasy world JJ. Right. Mae West, uh, Gina <laughs> Davis, um, Roman Polanski. Yeah. For Christ's sake. <laughs> it would be funny if just with a straight face, it was like Roman Polanski. <laughs> no, that would have been iconic. That, that would have been, been like, uh, that, that would be queer history. BTK. That we would <laughs> um, wow. Oh my God. I mean, the yeah, knots really really Ellen seem like soft and cuddly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Did Ellen, you know, Ellen, I have to. I mean, she's got oh. edge. The girl's got edge. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's yeah. nothing but edge. She'll make you believe. <laughs> and you, I respect an edge. And I'm sorry. I know she's a psychopath and she should be nice to her employees. But damn, do I love some edge. But so yeah. do you think then that Neil does not have edge? I think he does not have edge. I think he's as uh, he's like a, a ball. Yeah. He's a blunt instrument. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah, like there's everything he said is like, like computer generated of like what is safe, what is like, um, it's computer generated, but the computer is crashing. It's like on its last legs, <laughs> and this is like what it can spit out before completely. <laughs> it's dying. almost like he googled right before he went had that like what's popular, like yeah. what's going on right yeah. now, and he's yeah. like Hamilton, um, Banksy. It's like have you know like like interests have you you can you're rich you can do whatever you want i almost think it's really giving the darkest thing of all of of all of those yeah i don't know why the banksy and the the weird shirley temple movie that then he says is star wars yeah okay that was so confusing to me i think unfortunately that just points to a lack of a sense of humor like he's like oh humor comes from incongruity like it comes from like two things not uh-huh. being the same but pretending they are so i'll just yeah, literally yeah. point to something that's red and say it's blue and and maybe that's funny <laughs> yeah that is funny that is actually really funny <laughs> <laughs> it is it is it's one of my favorite bits one of my favorite party tricks <laughs> You know, I, and this is okay. As a full-on joke, my one of my like closest friends in college, we would be, when it was hot, we'd be like, "Burr, it's cold," and when it was cold, we'd say, "It's so hot in here." Genius, brilliant. <laughs> and I tell you, this bit would fucking kill. It would kill so hard. <laughs> After Thanksgiving dinner, I'm so hungry. Yes. <laughs> sometimes the simplest joke does kill maybe that was his issue is like what you're saying is so simple but he took it so far where you have to like take in the shirley temple of it all and the star Wars. like he should just pick he should have just picked two things that are opposite like it should have been here's here's what he should have done he should have been playing an episode of friends and then said i love cinema (laughs) yes you know that would have killed like that that would have killed I okay. Yeah, maybe we're actually just not on his level. Yeah, yeah. maybe <laughs> he's like post comedy. He's like dealing with like he's an much bigger comedy than... icon. I mean, this old he's, this, I, this... he's Andy Kaufman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
if that was the justification for his answers, then I would be like, okay, that's the most genius thing I've ever heard. Like referencing Star Wars three times, uh, bringing up Hamilton, bringing up your Banksy. That's hilarious. He's literally doing a bit about, he's like doing a meta bit about being a celebrity. Yeah, he's commenting on yeah. wealth. <laughs> he's commenting on wealth. He's doing Parasite. <laughs> he's, he did, oh. Well, he did a Parasite. He did a Parasite. Oh my God. <laughs> At the end, uh, Allison, uh, what's her name from that show, comes out of the basement. She's just like. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Wow. Wow. I mean, okay. We've absolutely torn this man to shreds. Um, And yet I feel like we did it respectfully for the most part. How? Okay. Listen, it's not a value judgment. I just think the evidence that I presented um, shows more straightness than gayness and that's ultimately what this is about it's not we're not saying he's a bad actor or that he's no. a bad person it's simply that i am he's i am sp- saying those things are. but it's not related <laughs> not related okay to okay. the verdict and yeah. so, but okay. to me it's like the main the top line takeaway is simply that he's more straight than gay yes absolutely yeah it's unrelated wow. to my personal feeling that's right that's right yeah, yeah. well i appreciate the um academic approach i think that really spoke to us um we've never okay. had a guest do that much research before no. <laughs> and i say that earnestly yeah that was above and beyond i guess um maybe maybe this is an insane exercise um if neil patrick harris is listening right now mm. is there this is very rupaul at the finale <laughs> i hold up a picture of neil patrick harris <laughs> Macy, Macy, what would you say what to a young Neil Patrick Harris? To, to Neil Patrick Harris right <laughs> what would you now? say to baby Neil? <laughs> Go home, kid. Take a nap. <laughs> take off the scrubs and take a nap. <laughs> Go to school. Get off TV. We're like crying. You're We're so selling moved. your soul. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Neil is like Neil is listening and crying at home. He's like, I should have done that. <laughs> Sack Neil, of potatoes got me again. Sack of potatoes. Sack of potatoes. Always. I mean, the heart of season twenty-two. Sack of potatoes. <laughs> she did win Miss Congeniality. Yeah. The spud of season twenty-two. The spud. <laughs> um wow should we do our final seg george oh my god is it that time i mean if it's not then i'm gonna be so embarrassed that i brought it up as it being that time (laughs) because then it's like we're gonna have to like um just sort of go for a second i know i know it's um at this point there's really no way out of this (laughs) i mean i brought it up and in a way as soon as you bring it up it's sort of you can't not bring it up you know what i mean macy which one of um of Barney's catchphrases should we as a podcast take on as our own from now on? Oh, I was like, Barney. Um, <laughs> Barney Stens. What is his name? Stenson? <laughs> That's a joke. Barney, Barney Frank. Stenson. Barney Frank. Now talk about a real gay guy. <laughs> Say that. Say that. She's giving. She's it's giving. giving. She's, you know, Barney Frank was my guest when I saw Oh Hello on Broadway. Wow. I know. Oh. Weird. I know. Very weird. It was not that exciting. <laughs> um, 
I forget the name of the woman who was mine, and now I feel bad because it's the woman from Arrested Development who died recently. Jessica Walter. Oh, Jessica Walter. Yeah, she was the. Oh guest my god, that's so much better than Barney Frank. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Barney Frank was dead. Is that weird? No, he's just gay. Who is Barney Frank? <laughs> Barney Frank is a, a Massachusetts um, uh, senator who's gay. And it was like, you know, he was oh, gay before Neil okay. Patrick Harris. I'm sorry, he's not a senator. He was a representative. He was on an episode of uh, My Life on the D-List with Kathy Griffith. Oh, he I was? do think he was. Yes, he was. Wow. Sorry, not to be... I remember she went show. in and she was like, she was like, you're not like a regular gay guy. Where's your six pack? Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, I just have some policies that I'd like to talk about. And she's like, what about a spray tan? <laughs> I'm sorry. And not to be too Drag Race after show, but that show is so good. It's so good. I'm a huge it Kathy is, Griffin It fan. is so good. It is. It, it, it was so ahead of its time. She's She's been like, the community has let her down time and time again. Yeah. She's a genius. She's a genius. I've never seen that show, and I thought about being silent and just letting the audience assume I had seen it and that I was agreeing, but I'm coming clean, and I haven't you seen it. You should watch it. You should watch it. I once went it. to her book signing. <laughs> I did, too. I went, she, like, tweeted about it, and it was, like, a random day in, like, Times Square or whatever. Was that recently? No, this was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, I, it was, I went when, it was probably, like, 2009 or something. Yeah. Um, in, um, yeah, in San Francisco, I have a photo with her. I'm wearing an Abercrombie and Fitch t-shirt. Oh my God. Oh. We're putting that on the official Stradio Lab Instagram. Yeah. I bought her book on digital. And so I had her sign uh, like Us Weekly with Sarah Palin on it. <laughs> oh my and, God, that's so um, genius. And I'm from Alaska. And I was like, I went to high school with Willow. And she was like, got really scared and thought that I was like Willow's friend or something. <laughs> Whoa. She was like, okay. And then just kind of signed it. And like, there you go. Wow. Wow. Do you guys think I'm Neil Patrick Harris because I haven't seen my life on the D list? Um, well, you know what? Here's the weird thing. <laughs> Is that where it gets complicated? Because Neil Patrick Harris could have been a guest on my life on the deal list. Oh, yeah, probably, right? You know, or like, I think David Burka was on my yeah, life on the deal list. Yeah. His husband. Who's a interior designer? I think so. Or like party planner or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love when be... people are like LA like that. Like, <laughs> not yeah. to be like super homophobic, but <laughs> it's okay. Uh, interior designer or party planner. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Maybe he does shoes? Yeah, I think he cuts hair. I think he cuts hair. Yeah, I think he's a hairstylist slash shoe guy. Yeah. yeah. Assistant to Diane von Furstenberg. <laughs> I think um, he's Stanley Tucci. Is he Stanley Tucci? Oh yeah. that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> Wow. It just throws rocks at Sarah Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, guys, look up those early scripts. They're really incredible. They're so writing. offensive. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Well, maybe we should just do our final. I think we segment. should do it. Um, um, and we'll do. Um, and then we'll we'll take out. We'll end the episode with one of Macy's songs instead of our theme song. I love. I just that. decided that. You know, I was going to do that anyway. song. What? Or I could record you a new theme song. Right now? Mm-hmm. 
Okay. <laughs> okay, great. Let's do that. Let's, Let's do that. first do our final segment and then uh, Macy will perform our brand new theme song. That's right. Okay, uh, Macy, I, we're so excited you prepared a brand new theme song for us, just like we asked and paid you for in advance. Yeah. And we cannot wait to debut it on this, the first episode of our second season. Well, or maybe the second. We're not or sure. Or maybe the second. We haven't decided. But <laughs> it all depends on how good the song is. <laughs> there's a lot writing on this. Yeah, there's a lot writing on it. Um, Sam, I would you believe it that once again, I'm unprepared for our final segment? Well, I'll at least introduce it and we can think. Okay, um, that sounds good. So Macy, our final segment is called Shoutouts. And in it, we um, pay homage to the grand straight tradition of a radio shout out um, to anything that we are enjoying at all. Um, mm. um, so, you know, sort of in the style of it's 2001 in Times Square and you're at TRL shouting out to your squad back home. So, um, George, do you I have got, one? Yeah, I, I, I just thought of one. You go first. Um, what's up, losers? I want to give a quick shout out to books where the main character is not a writer. You would think they did not make them anymore and that, in fact, every book has a main character who's a writer and also an antagonist who is a different writer who is slightly more successful. And while I appreciate the imagination that goes into writing something like that, sometimes I want a book where the main character is, you know, a storekeeper or a beekeeper or any job that ends in keeper. And mm -hmm. I am um, I'm in the process of finishing a book where the main character is a writer. And after that, I will read another one that I have to read because it's new where the main character is a writer. But after that, I am in the market for books about beekeepers. So please get in touch. You can find me on Twitter at, at George Severus and recommend beekeeper books. Woo! Um, okay. You know, I'll give a similar, I'll, yours reminded me of something. Okay. Um, what's up everybody? Um, I hope you're having an incredible work day. I hope you're being so productive and making that cash, honey. Um, I just want to give a huge shout out to insects. When I was upstate, I made peace with them and I decided, you know, you're not so gross. You don't scare me. And um, I started to be like, they're actually not so bad. Yes, I don't want them in my home, but if I'm outside and they're interacting with me, I mean, it's their world. I'm just living in it, honey, sweet darling. And so I had, um, I made peace with insects and some of them are beautiful. And in the future, I bet we're all going to be eating them. Um, shout out to insects. I love you guys. Woo! That's a really timely one. I feel like it's been written a lot recently. Like, insects are in the news. Yeah, insects are trending. They're going viral. They're going viral. They're reproducing um, at rapid rates. So, Macy, um, if you want to begin your shout out whenever you feel comfortable. <laughs> Sorry, okay. we didn't tell you ahead of time you were going to have to do this. We never go. tell anyone. No, it's okay. <laughs> I, ha I just want to give a shout out to Double Jeopardy, both the movie with Ashley Judd and the concept. Woo! Um, Woo! There are so many crimes that I wish that I could uh, get away with because they've already, someone's already been uh, charged for it or whatever. And they <laughs> to do it again. It sounds really cool. Um, the movie with Ashley Judd is really great. Uh, and she just like kills it and everything that she does, but especially this one, because there's a lot of like dramatic scenes where she like is confronting the husband and she's like, I can kill you whenever I want. <laughs> um, uh, double Jeopardy! Woo! Wow, I love great. that. I remember learning about the concept of Double Jeopardy as a child and being like, "Wait, that's amazing!" Mm. Like, uh, you could like <laughs> go to jail like, for something and then be like, "Well, now I have to do it." Yeah, it's like such a kid's loophole. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like a rule to a game or something. Yeah. 
it's, it's also very meta that you recommended two forms of double jeopardy. Oh, double double go. jeopardy. There you go. <laughs> um, well, well, Macy, Macy, thank you so much for doing our podcast. It was thank a delight. You. It was a true delight to have you on. <laughs> There's no one else we'd rather have on in our first day of recording our second season. And, you know, without further ado, I think it's time to premiere the new Stradio Lab theme song written, performed, edited, and um, produced by one Miss Macy Rodman. I did. Okay. So many equations. Lab. What do we have on the docket today? Lab. Got these potions in the beaker. Lab. Hey, are you gonna marry him or what? <laughs> it's uh, giving share. <laughs> and you know what, Macy? That was giving share. Uh, oh, um, thank you. That was amazing. Thank you so much. Um, I'll do it. I'll plug it. Everybody, listen to Macy's album, Unbelievable Animals. It's incredible. You're gonna fucking freak and you can get in a fight with your lover about the meaning of uh, the song. It's so good. It's so good. That's what it was designed for. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Love Me is so good. Also, I like, I'm a just I'm a true um, uh, one of my favorites from a previous album is Ugly Bitch, which is also one of my <laughs> sister's favorite songs. And we quote it to each other all the time. I mean, the ultimate straight shooter one could say is, are you ugly or are you a bitch? <laughs> Classic. Yeah, true. Wow. true. Um, and so I yeah, I, I we we normally don't plug the work of our guests because we don't want them to succeed. But this yeah. is a rare exception where I actually don't feel threatened by Macy's success because it's in a different field. So we yeah. can plug it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again. Rock and roll.